Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Inside information on your teams, honest opinion, and the biggest names in sports. It's time, Las Vegas, for the Playmakers. Finally, a Friday. Paul Eihander here, Lindsey Brown there. It feels like Friday-ish. Ish. But it doesn't feel like the weekend. It feels like a day that doesn't exist in a weird way. A Friday and a day that doesn't exist. Yes. But we're here, present. So what makes it feel like today doesn't exist? Now that's a question. <laughs> like deep in philosophical thought here. Yeah. As you and I make the needles bounce, and I, I yeah, there's really no needles. It's all digital now. But <laughs> um, as we move things forward here and roll into the weekend, today doesn't quite exist because no. because it, we just feel like it doesn't. So therefore, it doesn't because right. I've agreed with myself that it doesn't. Okay. So for another so my world, another hour and fifty nine minutes of. This will be my world. Non-existence? Yeah. I'm yeah. listening to a lot of Kid Cudi this week, so it's kind of par for the course. That That's, okay. Yeah. Okay. Gosh, I love it. There's well. a documentary that came out, and so it just like, he's one of my core artists, and so once that kind of gets tinged again, it's not like he ever works his way out of my playlist completely, but the full revisit, that's been had. You're not the first person that said that this month, where... Everyone's been watching lots of historical things. Is it because it's the end of the year and we're trying to take stock of what we what we may have forgotten but may wanted to not remember? Yeah, or it's just when content is dropping. I mean, we'll have a, a, a really big slate of fresh stuff, especially around the holiday break. Like a lot of shows know to drop it for the people that are on Christmas break or on holiday break or off work because you just have a ton of time. Sure. And so I, I, I'm not sure, but there's definitely a few more documentaries that I'm intrigued by, uh, more so than usual. There's three brand new episodes of Hard Knocks in season. Really? Yeah. I'll have to check that out. Wait, it's the Colts, it's right? It's Indianapolis, yeah. Mm, I don't know if that intrigues me enough to get me interested, but maybe. There are th- yeah, there are three in season. Yeah. Slightly different take on things. Jonathan Taylor's having a hell of a year for the Colts, so. Yeah. Damn Badgers. <laughs> we don't we, need but those you know who badgers. won last week, though? Somebody has an axe, and it's not the damn Badgers. So right. that's all that truly matters. Right. Paul Bunyan's axe. They still mm-hmm. celebrate that widely? Yes. Oh, you know, every... I've seen so many pictures with people with the axe this week because it matters a lot to the University okay. of Minnesota sure. because we don't win it very often. Okay. So when we do, we shout it from the rooftops right. and all the skyways because, you know, it snows in Minnesota and right. it's cold. It's so. a bigger thing than, than most. Yes. I got you. We don't really go to the Rose Bowl. Usually Wisconsin has bigger things. They could be here. It could be. Minnesota could be coming here. Who knows? For the bowl? For the uh, 
bowl right over here across the street for Las Vegas Bowl on the 30th of December. If that happens, will you um, commandeer an inflatable boat with me and row it on some concrete outside of the arena <laughs> until PJ shows up? Until they throw PJ, us. PJ, where are you at, my dude? Until they throw us out. Well, just do it till he till shows they, up. Till they throw us off the side. Eventually, he he will have to pay attention. There's that. Have you seen any cowboys in town? What do you mean? Well, it's like national, for real ones. Yeah, you know, like national finals rodeos in town. So normally they would congregate um, anywhere on the strip. Oh, so really? you're asking me to go into a public space? No, no, I'm I'm just outdoors. Well, like, yeah, no, I haven't been I haven't been down there. Okay, just it, not since. Wasn't sure if you'd seen anything since before I left for Alaska. It was like a week and a half ago. Oh, okay. Because said time gotcha. is still warm. Yeah, I was down there on Sunday, and I mean, you can tell that there's you know the conventions are coming back. All the Amazon people are at Mirage. I, I saw think. all of the advertisements for the blockchain and the AWS yep. at the airport, waiting for my bags. Yeah, there's some big stuff going mm-hmm. on. But all the 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 cowboys and cowgirls and ropers and riders and bulls and everything are all in town. So and that's this weekend. It started. Not just this weekend. Right. Yeah. It's been all week. All, it's going to start. It's all week. Tonight's kind of the kickoff. There's concerts. And sure. There's fireworks downtown, too, for those of you who aren't aware. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I'm going doing, down to First Friday, so I'm sure it's, uh, it's, it's coinciding with that. I remember when I first moved down here that I stayed at... Not South Point, but they have some um, like longer term rentals there or the vacation. Seagull Suites. Yes, those. I stayed in one of those. And I remember it was in August, so obviously it was a different time uh, that there were a lot of smells around South Point because a lot of the trailers for the horses and whatever livestock oh, yeah. thing that were in town were around. I was like, interesting. Noted. Yeah, I've never understood. So South Point's a, a I love gambling down there, by the way. Um, they do gambling like period. over. I live in Las Vegas. Obviously, um, the they do college basketball tournaments throughout the holidays down at South Point, or at least mm-hmm. they had up yeah. until kind of COVID or whatnot. And I always thought that was just kind of this weird kind of thing because they would change over from like basketball. They would have these tournaments, and yeah. all of a sudden they'd be laying down hay, and then putting the ring, putting the uh, putting the barns together. And I'm like, that must be. It's like Madison Square Garden. The old stories about Madison Square Garden mm-hmm. when the circus rolled into town, yep. and. P.T. and all the Barnums. There would be just some rando, just like for two weeks, it would just smell like elephant crap. Yeah, You know, basically. I just can only imagine it because I lived lived on a farm when I was a kid from time to time. Mm-hmm. My my aunts and uncles had farms and just, it's a smell you cannot get rid of no. until you literally scrub yourself down. Correct. And for everybody who's like, well, I deal with that all the time. Or you just like get through it. Yes, but you don't have to. So we don't. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of the kind of the whole point. God bless you for doing that. Yeah. I did farm in the city as a kid, and we had, we had like, family farm that my, my parents grew up on that we'd visit, but sure. I didn't grow up on one. Um, I kind of think I would like to have a farm for a day, and then when you realize you have to get up and do it all over again, I'm like, no, no thank day. you. Well, but no, I don't want to milk a cow. There's literally like, why farmersonly.com. No, I'm that's not. That's literally a thing. That's not what that site is for, Paul, for the 80th time. That's not what that <laughs> site is for. Um, farmers to meet farmers. Yeah, I ain't farming to, to find a farmer John or gotcha. whoever. But yeah, it's uh, that is a very distinct smell, and we uh, serve a wide array of uh, clientele here in Las Vegas. That's why they all come. All the milkshakes, all the yards. Yeah. 
the big show today coming your way. Scott Goldbranson, Raiders Insider, will join us at 335. Give you the 411 on the WFT. What's the 411? What's everybody talking about? Mary J's out there somewhere. And the Dean of Las Vegas Sports, Tony Cordasco, will join us in the second hour of the program around 430 or so. He will be at the pregame of the Pac-12 Championship and hopefully fresh off the press conference from the Pac-12 uh, Commissioner uh, who used to be the uh, head of MGM down here. Live from the closet that doubles as da- Dasco's cot room in Allegiant Stadium, right. he will check in with us. Yeah. I've written two questions for him. Now, there's plenty to talk about. With yes. Him. And also our good friend Brad Henderson will be by at the uh, about 4.15, as he and Lindsay did a little bit better than I did because I unfortunately... Good harvest, you say. I unfortunately picked... UCLA in the Gonzaga-UCLA showdown, and that game was over at halftime, in which mm. I left at halftime because Gonzaga was up 20. I even texted you about that from Alaska. You did indeed. Yeah. Famine for you. Yeah, Nothing it was, but. Uh, it wasn't a terrible week for me, but that was the, that was the breaker for sure. That was the, the backbreaker. I don't know if we'll share our harvest, but we'll see. We'll see how nice you are today. There's that. Uh, time to get you your top five talkers for today. It's your Daily Checkdown. Powered by Odyssey Sports. Number one. Well, in about two hours, championship football weekend will begin, and it begins right here in Las Vegas with the Pac-12 championship game between the Oregon Ducks and the Utah Utes. It's a rematch of a game several weeks ago in which the Utes routed my Ducks in Salt Lake City. They bring their duck whistles. I don't. The duck calls. No, they're the whistles. <laughs> I don't know what duck whistles are, but clearly uh, you're not using the right ones then. Well, no. Oregon got rolled by 31 in that game. Yikes! To clinch the title. And was so, that like a bad game? Just straight up, they didn't show up, or are, is Utah that much better? Utah's a heck of a football team. Well, they and they were last year, too, team. weren't they? Yes, they're yeah. very good. Not as good. Last year, Oregon. Last year was their big year. Oregon took them out. This is a much closer game when it comes to the lines, too. It's three, leaning either way. Uh, so it's it's near it's a near pick em, uh tonight. But Utah is favored on the money line. No college football playoff implications, I'm guessing. For this one, it would take a Herculean effort by other teams of failure for Oregon to get in. Before or after Hades takes away his powers. Perhaps after, most likely after. Mm-hmm. Uh, then determined he was a god. Uh, Utah, though, playing for a spot in the Rose Bowl at this point. I am a god. And so that's, again, it, this is a Rose Bowl. A ro- whoever wins this one is Rose Bowl bound, pretty much. Again, yeah. it would take Usually a, against Wisconsin. Yeah, right, right. They, they never go to the national title game either. Well, the thought is they would take Ohio State, depending on what happens to the Michigan game, but Ohio State-Oregon would be a rematch and they're not too keen on rematches, so they could not slide. unless it's in the big playoff. So right, it's weird how when you're not one of the four invites, how little people care. Right, you take what you can take. Yes. But most of the prognosticators who are all wrong are picking Utah. I'm sure, and that's just how the cookie crumbles. Yeah, it kicks off in two Thanks, hours. Thanks, Bruce. Number two. This has direct ties to that Oregon Utah game. Miami is looking for a new athletic director, but not a new head coach. They have a head coach. His name is Manny Diaz. Okay. Miami is apparently, at least this is what the reports are, have chartered a flight from Miami, Florida to Las Vegas to get in front of Oregon head coach Mario Cristobal and offer him the job at Miami. And why would he want to become an AD? Because they No, they no. Can, oh. They want to be the head coach of the football team. That's the twist. Oh, so coach would move up to the AD ship? Nope. 
Oh, uh, okay. Nope. So- Resi- Athletic Director Blake James resigned. Okay. Um, Diaz is still there. His offensive coordinator just left to become the SMU head coach. So he's a sitting duck? Yes. It's the weirdest situation. Why aren't we treating... Well, you know what? I don't know. I don't know if this would be technically disrespectful, treating people disrespectfully in this way. I just... The way that a lot of sports businesses are conducting theirs, very questionable to me. Very questionable. The college football hiring landscape has been upended completely. Yeah, but it's nastier. It is. And there's a lot of dollars in play to where Oregon apparently has put a big contract extension in front of Cristobal, which has been described, quote, reportedly as Brian Kelly and Lincoln Riley dollars. Yeah, once everybody starts doing it. That's the bit. No, Cristobal is 35-12 and 12 with Oregon. I can't believe we kicked off two of the check down with Oregon stuff. It's almost like you put this show together. It's almost like I put the show together. It's unreal. Number three. You ever heard of mallet finger? I mean, I assume it means you, you have, you, I mean, it's this not would be, the most precise of hammers. Right. It's kind of something you just blunt force object. Right. I even scrolled down my computer without even trying. Right. I so have, much force. I would have thought that you would know what mallet finger is considering you have the hand modeling experience that you do. Yeah. You you are so right, Paul. The the contours and the, and the curves <laughs> that my fingers bring and could bring to your uh, catalog, your Christmas catalog, probably for 2022 because right. we don't know what the sh- printing costs are going to be uh but we know that russell wilson suffered a, a a mallet finger injury earlier this season where there was a a tendon that was essentially severed is this what we're we're hearing about yep. one mr Taysom hill is this what we're blaming the four picks on I, I suppose that's what it is he was wearing a splint in the second half uh he got beat up like really beat up last night by the Cowboys defense. Like he was taking hits and you yeah, can no tell. No splint is going to fix no, mallet finger. No. At, I can't bend it. That's not going to help. Right. At the end of that game, when you saw Taysom Hill and he wears like the tight shoulder pads with the tight. Yeah, he like, looks like a kicker. T-shirt. Maybe a little His left arm mm-hmm. looked like it had been smashed with mallets. Like the hammers. Like it was bruised and red and purple and crazy. Like. Dude, you cannot be taking that kind of a beating as a quarterback in the NFL. Well, he was out there hurtling defenders. So, yeah, maybe we should walk that back ever so slightly considering he's like one of ho- one healthy quarterbacks on that roster. And so I take it that's no longer the case. Yeah. Uh, and the Saints are going nowhere. They are going nowhere. It was an ugly game last night. It was indeed. Those white unis with the gold numbers are fresh, though, I will say. Yeah, the Saints look good in the loss. That's the best way to put it. Number four. Portland Trailblazers are now rebuilding the front office, firing team president and general manager Neil Olshey. He uh, was a bad guy at the workplace. They're not going to release any of the details about the investigation they conducted where these findings were found, though, right? Out of respect for those who candidly participated in that privileged investigation, we will not release or discuss it. Sounds a lot like what the NFL said about all the women they interviewed, that they said they would release the findings to the public and then change their mind because they know it would cause too much of an uproar. And so they just say, out of respect to their privacy. No one said sexual harassment. No. This guy was a bully. Yes. Where it could be more uh, akin to the situation we saw in the Anaheim Ducks organization. Uh, Bob Murray was left or let go just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we're seeing a, a, a differing levels of reckoning across the uh, the hierarchy of sports and so if 
bad things are going on. They shouldn't be in the power positions, although it makes me uneasy when they don't release what they found, but I don't know. So the heir apparent is an interim at this point, Joe Cronin. They want a permanent replacement. There's a couple of names out there, but there's one that just recently popped up. It's former Boston GM Danny Ainge. You think he'd want to jump back into the game that quickly? Well, he has ties to Portland because he played there. And he, knows and how, he knows how to facilitate a big trade or two. He does indeed. And his nephew, uh, Eric Ainge, who once played for Tennessee, mm. uh, also played his high school ball. So there's family in Oregon as well near there. So he's got some roots Did he in the take area. a complete step away from the Celtics organization or did he just move up and then get swallowed kind of how Brad That's Stevens probably went. more of the... Yeah, that's, yeah, that's how, how they how kind of went. do things there. And so... Uh, I'm sure Portland would be very happy to have him, but uh, I'm, I'm guessing he's not the only qualified candidate. There are plenty out there. Yep. Uh, but that's... Uh, Treat your people with respect. It's not that hard. You could keep your job, maybe your reputation. Number five. Might be something to hold near and dear to your heart. Tiger Woods could play in a tournament in two weeks. Says who? Says one of his college teammates, former college teammates, Nota Begay, and Golf Channel analyst Brandel Shambly, saying there are a lot of things that are going for that possibility to happen to play at the PNC in two weeks. Tiger literally just told us himself that he's not playing golf in a capacity outside of just hitting the ball around with the kiddos and he's not sure if he would compete for it. And this is the tournament he played with with his son Charlie last year. That's why. I think he's going to show up but not play and make Charlie play all 18 alone? He can hit Charlie's drives is what they're all saying. Charlie hit most of the drives at last year's event where Tiger went out and just played up and cleaned up. I have trouble believing that in the same week where Tiger said what he said and then his buddy and a golf analyst say this to side or decide with the the latter rather than the former. There's still one spot left open in the PNC and he can ride in a cart because they allow that at this event. Mm-hmm. So he could go out there and well, I would hope play. that they're letting the yeah, father son of walk. Oh, out of we need the, you to walk Tiger. Not in the protocol right. sir. We need you to walk. My god. Walk. Please walk. Just I guess that Tiger, go play. Don't go play. Just take care of yourself. If people are speaking for you, tell them to shut up. We'll see what happens. Maybe a Tiger holiday gift. There's your check down brought to you by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books, download the BetQL app, or visit BetQL.com today. Coming up next, some Golden Knights math. You found the Playmakers. Only on 1140 The Bet, Las Vegas. Paul and Lindsay on this Friday afternoon, 15 minutes away from talking with uh, Raiders insider Scott Goldbranson. Stick around for that. The Vegas Golden Knights looking to get back on the winning side of the ledger here as they take on the Arizona Coyotes, still in Arizona. Yes, that rumor mill was churning. Was that yesterday? It was yesterday, Maybe it was the yeah. day before. Um Potentially ties to Houston. Gary Bettman had to quell those fears. The uh, ownership group had to to quell those fears. Do I believe a damn word they say? No. But uh, do I think they're going to move? No. But I do know, I do know, Paul, that the Arizona Coyotes are probably the worst team in the league. Probably or probably. are? Most definitely. Uh, they're uh, 29th ranked power play 
12.7% gets worse when you just go at the at home. 9.5% uh, success rate. That is the worst in the league. Their penalty kill, which is also 29th overall, gets worse at home, okay. <laughs> which is also worse in the league at 54.5%. And so those special team strides we've been making, especially last game where we had two shorties and two on the advantage, tonight would be the night to use those same tools uh, because it is going to be ripe for the picking, and they're a team that gets a lot of penalties called on them because, to be honest, they're chasing the puck a lot. They're chasing the the game a lot, and that's what the Golden Knights have been doing themselves uh, as of late. And so that that start in the first period, maybe it's not scoring, but at least making sure that you we know who the team is that is dominant, who is the better one, who has brought more to the table tonight. It needs to be overwhelmingly obvious that it's the Golden Knights sweaters. If not, we have issues. Well, shut down Clayton Keller, right? That's yeah. pretty much what it is to, to stop the Coyotes. If you keep Clayton Keller away from the puck, you pretty much control this thing. Yeah, he has uh, six goals, 15 points. He's just behind Shane Gattisbeer for for the leading scorer. And you know, Phil Kessel has has a way to find uh, his name to a score sheet once or twice, especially against the Golden Knights. But you got to make sure you don't let things kind of go. It, it, it's easy to, to kind of... Let things wash over you against teams that are so clearly uh, on a different talent level. And you can see how some guys can sneak into the soft areas like we saw the other night with the Ducks um, on those flank options. And Laurent Brossois will be in the in the uh, net tonight for the Golden Knights, and, and he knows how to cover a crease across just as well as anybody else. But if – if we're offering too much angle and if we're not making the right changes, if we're not picking up bodies in the slot, which is something the, the Golden Knights have struggled with all year, it doesn't matter who you're playing. If you give someone a wide-open look on a back door and it's off a rebound because we tend to give those up, they're going to score nine times out of ten. Been a few days since the Yotes have played. They lost 5-2 to two to the Wild, but managed to score early in that game and kind of let things get away from them. Mm-hmm. They haven't. They're the worst team in the NHL, most likely. Yes. But the last few games for them, they haven't been playing that bad. I mean, it's not bad hockey. No, but they just they don't have uh, single no ply toilet paper. No, no steam in the attack. single ply. It's okay. just you could be the. It, it could be going all fine. Everything's great. You're gonna get out clean, unbothered, but then somebody gets a little bit shaken. And and the Scott Wedgwood character who they traded for like 10 years ago on the same day that they traded for him on the 10 years later, uh, he's not going to be in the Nets tonight either, but he's been able to kind of help them weather through it as best as he can. But as we've said uh, before about goaltenders in general, we can't score the goals too. And so it, it's just so easy to get overwhelmed when you don't have a lot of t- uh, depth in your top two lines. And guess what? There's two more after that too. Not saying that getting injured at this time is any is good because we haven't seen plenty of Mark Stone on the ice, but Mark Stone kind of questionable, right? Yeah, he's a game time decision. Apparently, he was out there for morning skate, and so we'll we'll see what he's working with. But other than that, Dylan Coughlin's going to cycle back into the lineup. Ben Hutton is going to be out uh, uh, defensively, and then Adam Brooks will be in for Brett Howden at the fourth center position. I'm just reading uh, David Shane's tweet, basically verbatim. No, no, I'm, no, it's good because, there. and then you start, you, you're starting to read names and I'm like, who? Yeah, exactly. Who? I mean, we've, who? we've been very familiar with the who question, uh, but uh, you still have patches. Hopefully Mark, Mark Stone is okay. The fact that he's a game time decision is, it makes me feel a little bit better on the inside because there, people were saying clavicle, clavicle, it's a problem. And obviously he's missed a good chunk of time already this season. And he's just, 
in such an important player on this team and across special teams, 5v5, it just doesn't run the same and everybody can't get back up to speed without him uh, at his full capabilities. And so if he has to take the night off tonight to, to better ensure that, I get it. But, again, I'm, I'm enthused at the fact that they're saying, yeah, I could probably go tonight. Maybe. We'll Maybe. See. Well, that's the first test as we talk about the math for the Vegas Golden Knights. So that would be the first part of the equation for the weekend, a Friday night tilt here tonight against Arizona on the road. But mm-hmm. then they come back here for a Sunday night marquee matchup, a first look. And amazingly enough, last year, the way everything went, this is our first look at the Coyotes, too, on mm-hmm. the ice between them and BGK. It also happens again on Sunday, but this time with a much – with a much uh, more substantial team that I'm sure Lindsay will not gloss over as much, which would be the Calgary Flames. Yeah, much more complete uh, roster. And obviously, uh, Daryl Sutter brought on late last season, but in his first full season back as, as head coach, he's obviously spent a lot of time over the years with this organization. But Milan Lucic is finding ways to score goals, especially on the five hole. So if you're any netminder and you see him bearing down, you probably keep your stick down. Uh, but when you see guys like that who have the last couple of years in the league have really gotten beat up in the in the circles of the media of of the of the hockey heads saying it's not worth the contract he's washed up him and James Neal were basically exchanged for one another between uh, Calgary and Edmonton because both of those deals weren't working out and uh, we we talked about the uh, Majiapani character earlier this week and just the step that he's taken especially as a puck collector. Um, high in the zones on the boards. That's really where games are won and lost in the NHL. And when you're winning more 50-50 battles in that particular era of the ice, it's usually going to bode better for you. And then, I mean, they don't have a captain yet, but we all know that the older Tuchuk is definitely going to have a C on his jersey at one of these days. And he's an unbelievable hockey player, but he is their emotional leader. And so you you don't want to get him super engaged in the game where all of a sudden he gets fired up because that could help him play better but sometimes you can also get somebody to kind of start turning a little bit too quickly and all of a sudden a few marches to the box you know maybe we can get something going there but uh gonna be one of the better teams that the Golden Knights plays so far this season because they're at the top of our division and they're playing unbelievably well in the crease and so Golden Knights you're going to have to find ways to score goals, like those grimy goals that, that we were talking about yep. yesterday. It was like they're going to need to score those tonight, and then they're going to need to score those against Calgary. They're just going to need to score more of those in general because it's an unacceptable stat to lead the NHL in rebounds generated, and yet only 15% of your goals are scored on rebounds. They have to find ways to do that. And sometimes that asks you to take a step away from your game, away from your identity. But – we don't really know what the Golden Knights' identity is. Brian McNabb said today, maybe we should try playing with a lead. Might help us figure that out a little <laughs> bit better because most teams don't play well chasing from behind. And so, uh, yeah, it's 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 a full weekend, and we're going to start seeing some of those uh, different opponents that are are waving a little bit heavier of a stick than we are right now. So you can only control what you can control, and that's why you have to rely on those, those more uh, – fruitful areas of the ice where goals are generated front of the net let's take good shots let's not just go for quantity and uh take care of ourselves defensively yeah well the flames at the top of the tail in the pacific and certainly a western conference power talk about you say in the crease talk about a markstrom and just the phenomenal year that he is having in calgary markstrom is just one of those athletic net minders who is so explosive across the crease and the margin for for error for goalies are 
shot to shot is so thin. But when you're talking about just your confidence and what two inches of extra ice does for you behind the heels of your skate, you're gapping out a little bit more. I mean, we watched Robin Leonard play the other night. doesn't matter how big he is. If he's pushed back to a certain point in the net, there's too much room upstairs for him to react quick enough to, you know, shut down those holes or or make that right decision. And as goals compound, as you spend time in the defensive zone, you get pushed back more and more. Markstrom is a guy that even when his team starts to struggle, he has the ability to kind of break them out of whatever spell they're under because he has the ability to make those big circus-level saves. And he's just doing that. He's taking care of his rebounds. He's not getting outside of himself. He's not chasing the puck. And they're... They're probably the the leading candidate for the the Jennings Trophy, which we won the best net mining duo last year. Because Markstrom, I think, at least has four shutouts, and they're they're approaching some records and stuff. And so, you got to rattle their cage. You got to you got to spend time in their zone. You got to tire out their legs because they don't get nearly as explosive if you make your goalie sit in the crouch the whole time and watch beh- below the goal line and shuffle back, shuffle back, back and forth. You stay down here. People eventually, every house of cards collapses if you put enough on top of it. Arizona tonight, Calgary back here at the Fortress on Sunday. That is the equation for the Knights this weekend. Coming up next, we dig into the WFT Raiders insider Scott Goldbranson joins us. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You found the Playmakers. Only on 1140 the bet. Las Vegas. Raiders 6 and 5 on the season, right in the heart of the schedule with 6 games to go. Can they make it a December to remember? To borrow a phrase from a very popular car maker. Joining us on the line, the BetQL hotline is our Raiders insider Scott Goldbranson, host of Silver and Black today game day. Scott, thanks for coming on, man. How you guys doing today? And I, I see you got your commercial pitchman thing going already. Yeah, are you That's selling what cars do. or what are you doing? Yeah, just trying to get a new vehicle. Why? From his Yaris. <laughs> I have a 16-year-old vehicle, Scott. I need what I can get, man. Yeah, he's a man. There you go. I hear you, brother. Nobody uh, knows how to drive stick anymore, Paul. It's true. It's very, it's very true. Yeah, nobody can borrow my car. It's it's strange. It, it, Scotty, you wrote a piece for uh, the BetLasVegas.com with kind of keys on how the Raiders can get December off, off to a right start with a W. And I think things got a little bit more complicated today hearing the fact that Darren Waller's not going to go for the Raiders. Yeah, and, and I actually touched on a little bit even before we got the final news on him uh, since the story published this morning. But really what it comes down to is, is them having Foster Moreau step up again. And then a guy we wrote about this week and talked about this week, and we'll talk about uh, Sunday on 
on Silver and Black Today game day here on the, on the Bet 1140 and, of course, on our sister station, the fan, 98.5 HD2, um, is, is, is uh, Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake, I think, is going to be a big part of, of, of making up for the loss of Darren Waller uh, coupled with Moreau in that intermediate passing game because you're going to have to stay aggressive, right? You can't, you can't go against this Washington defense and not pass the ball. They're 28th against the pass, or, or 28th or 30th, I think, uh, against the pass. So the, the, the Raiders are going to have to come out and be aggressive, and that's been part of their problem. Uh, of course, against Dallas, they were more aggressive, and it worked. They scored 36 points. Derek Carr had one of his magic over 300-yard games. Of course, we know when he passes for more than 300 yards, guys, they're 6-0. and When he doesn't, they're 0-5. So, so they're going to have to do that. They're going to have to get out there without Darren Waller. They got enough weapons to do it. Deshaun Jackson's been banged up, but I expect him to go. Uh, so they're just going to have to do what they've done all year uh, when things have gone well, and that is next man up, next man make a big opportunity and take advantage of it. Lots of always on our side, and very much so on theirs, too. Uh, we got word that Landon Collins and uh, J.D. McKissick are both going to be out for the Washington football team. But Landon Collins, obviously the safety on that defense. So does that become the softest spot to target if you are that uh, that offensive uh, unit? Especially, like you said, you got to get over that 300-yard mark. And if it's not there, where is it? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think you have to you have to be aggressive with the play calling, and you have to be effective in the red zone. That was one of my, my keys to win against Washington as well, Lindsay, was the fact that, look, when you get into the red zone, you're going to have to capitalize there. Them missing Collins will, will help there, but you got to use Marcus Mariota. Uh, they used him effectively against the Cowboys. they got to do it again. And by the way, you mentioned G.D. McKissick being out for the Washington football team. That's big, too, because their running back by committee has been huge for them along with and um with the the rookie whose name escapes me right now i don't know why but nonetheless um we will get we'll get those guys rolling they 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 rushed the ball 45 times against seattle and so that was one of my takeaways was to stop that that running back by committee and so injury has taken one that one of them away so the raiders defense might have a shot of keeping another team hopefully under 100 yards rushing like they did against the cowboys who only had 64 against the raiders new look defense what have the last three opponents that the Washington football team have dispatched not been able to do? Because this is this really isn't a good football team. Like Chase Young has been out for weeks. So so what have they failed to do their their last few games? Well, it's a good point, and and it goes back to what we just talked about with the running backs. What what Washington has done effectively uh, that's helped them during the streak is they've they've maintained uh, a time of possession lead in all three games. They have they have eaten up clock. They've done what former Raider coach John Gruden wanted to always do, and that was use the run to keep the defense on the field and then go to the pass uh, for those killer strikes. And so Washington now, without that running game, I think is going to have trouble doing that. So what the Raiders need to do is they not only need to move the ball and score, uh, but they need to keep the ball too and win that time of possession uh, as well because when they do that, they seem to win as well. So I think if the Raiders can keep Washington uh, to a minimum on offense – and, and make sure that their defense gets some rest and they don't get worn out, then Derek Carr and his cast of characters can wheel and deal and they can come out of this thing on top. Of course, the line, I think, went down to, what, uh, two points today the last time I checked. So there's money coming in on Washington, which is a surprise with some of the injuries they have. But at the same time, I do anticipate a close game. Raiders insider, host of Silver and Black Today game day, Scott Goldbranson, joining us here talking about the upcoming Saturday, I'm sorry, Sunday clash at Allegiant Stadium with uh, the WFT. 
We knew it was a November to remember. We were hoping it was. It ended up being a month to forget. And as they push into the final six weeks of the season, Scott, what really worries you about this Raiders team that they may not be able to get over the hump and kind of clear the logjam here in the AFC West? Well, it comes down to the inconsistency, right? Well, who are who are these guys, right? We by by usually by November, you have a sense of identity for a football team. I mean, you kind of know who the Packers are, right? You know who the Patriots are now. You know some of these teams uh, and 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 what to expect from them. The Raiders, you don't know because they started out hot. They hit the cold streak. They're three games in a row that they lose and they get blown out in two of them. And then suddenly they come out against the Cowboys on a national stage on Thanksgiving and look fantastic. So I think that's what that's what's gonna, we're going to find out in the next two weeks, right? A home game against Washington on Sunday, like you said, um, and then they got to go to Kansas City next week. And, and I really believe, as much as Raider Nation will hate to hear it, guys, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are about to shift down in the fourth gear and start to just do what we expect the Chiefs to do. So that's going to be a tough game. So the Raiders, I think, are, are faced with, uh, a situation where every week is now a game and, and, and an opportunity that they have to take advantage of. They're not going to win all of them, but they need to win as many as possible, and they need to keep positive momentum, especially on offense, especially on third down, and especially in the red zone if they plan to make a postseason reservation uh, in 2021. Flashes of brilliance, but definitely inconsistent. Who's their NFC equivalent? Like, What team would you liken them to the most on the, on the other side of the conference? Wow, that's that's a tough one. I mean, I think you can look you can look at teams like the Cowboys. Even I mean, look, the Cowboys won last night. Uh, they got some players back, uh, including Amari Cooper and whatnot. And you've seen what they've been able to do. Now their record is better, of course, because they play in in that weak division, which includes which uh, includes the Washington Football Team. But I think there's some similarities there. Of course, I think uh, Dallas has a little bit more of a complete team already, but they've been hampered by injuries. But nobody's had the off the field distractions like the Raiders, except for, guess who, the team they're playing on Sunday. If you look at Washington, of course, these two teams are linked because John Gruden's email scandal was born out of the Washington football team investigation. And I think that uh, you look at that team and what they've been able to do, they were left for dead, right, in that NFC East. And, yes, they're still below 500, uh, but Ron Rivera has brought that team back from the dead, and they played as well as they can possibly play the last few weeks to climb back in in the weaker conference in the NFC into that playoff race. So I think there's some similarities there with what they've had to deal with off the field. It's a nugget of advice. Probably if you're going to Allegiant Stadium on Sunday, turn off your airdrop. Just saying. We know who's in town. <laughs> I want to lean into that Cowboys comment that you made, too. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott clearly struggling as a Cowboys running back right now, dealing with an injury that is just unfortunate because he had a pretty good start to the season. But Josh Jacobs, every time I see his name on the injured list, I just want to cringe. Is it time for, again, and the Cowboys should do this, too, and they thought about it, but they didn't do it. Is it time for the Raiders just to let Jacobs sit, or are we just too far down in the season and, and leaning up too hard against the playoff spot to let him do that, to get him fully healthy? Well, it's a, it's a good point. I think they've done that before, Paul. They've given him opportunities in, 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 in last season and earlier this season to kind of sit, get healthy, uh, and then always something seems to pop up. And, and I've been very forward on our show talking about Josh Jacobs and saying that I don't think they're going to exercise his fifth-year option. They have to do that this offseason, even though he's got one more season to go before he would hit the fifth year. Um, I just don't see it. I mean, and I don't think we should be surprised. Josh Jacobs, of course, is a good running back. He showed flashes of brilliance in his first year and a half, uh, and then it's been a steady state of, of injury after injury. 
And, and what did we expect? I mean, at Alabama, he was never the full-time carrier of the ball. He was never the full-time running back there. And so you expect a guy who wasn't a full-timer in college to come into the rough-and-tumble NFL and, and be a bell cow uh, like you have Derrick Henry, of course, who lo- they lost because of injury this year. But he's not that kind of running back. So I, I think if you're the Raiders, you've got to start looking at other opportunities and looking at other backs. I think that's why they signed Kenyon Drake who they've underutilized all season long. There's been a couple games. Denver, of course, comes to mind where he's really starred and done well. And he's not going to be the guy who's going to go out and rush for 1,000 yards for you, but he certainly can get the job done. So I would expect the Raiders to continue to look at other options, especially if, if Mike Mayock stays on a GM or if they get a new GM and obviously they're going to have a new head coach, I think they're going to start looking towards the future and that Josh Jacobs uh, probably won't make it past his first contract. Well, here's hoping all that uh, game tape of an outstretch towards a pylon of Taylor Heineke stays in the uh, playoff loss that they <laughs> suffered last year, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, and uh, what a story, though. That's one of the stories that, you know, even though you're a, if you're a Raider fan and you're listening, uh, the Taylor Heineke story and the fact that he was sitting on his sister's couch watching playoff football last year, uh, or November football, I should say, uh, pretty amazing, and uh, but but he is he's a good player, and he's going to have a career in the NFL. But I think the Raiders have an edge with their car on Sunday, and I think the Raiders got to come out and they got to show who they are, and they're going to have to create an opportunity. And you know what, guys, they're three and three at at Allegiant Stadium. They got to start establishing a home field advantage. Raider Nation's ready for it, uh, so the players on the field have to do that and start to create the mystique that when you come to Las Vegas, you're not going to leave with a win. Or at least a good punch in the mouth to begin with to start your night off with. <laughs> there <right>. you go. <laughs> Scott Gobranson, Raiders insider, host of Silver and Black Today Game Day. You can listen to that here on 1140 The Bet for our East Coast Raiders fans who are listening. That is at 4 a.m. on Sunday. And on our sister station, 98.5 HD2, The Fan. That is thefanlasvegas.com every Sunday at 9. Scott, appreciate the check-in, man. Enjoy the weekend. Lindsey, Paul, thank you guys as always, and enjoy the rest of the show. Good as the buys, friend. Coming up next, Mark Cuban bought a town. You found the Playmakers. Only on 1140 The Bet, Las Vegas. We all have dreams of owning property, but how about owning an entire town? Mark Cuban has just bought a town with a population of 21 whole peeper people. Peepers. 20. Well, it's technically 44 peeper. Well, it's assumptive. Yeah. Um, 77 acres, Mustang, Texas. The price for this town was $4 million. So he sneezed and then gave him the, the, the tissue. Did something. Uh, the uh, Apparently the town has a resident alligator. <laughs> All right. And there's a trailer park and a strip club. Wow. Marky Mark. Right. Investment. Uh, apparently he bought it because it was a... It was a uh, some, uh, some sort of like favor to a friend. Yeah. They've changed the name of the strip club apparently already from Whispers Cabaret to Mark Cuba Ray. Brilliant. <laughs> so sorry. Um, hey, I mean, I-, I like this investment better than the spaceship one. At least they're helping out people on the ground, right? Yeah, I don't know, I don't know what how the... much helping there is, but I don't know what this one is. Uh, apparently there's a uh, the only vineyard and winery is just a couple miles away so it's not exactly in the town yet 
Yeah, you know could, there's a reason he why could he exp- bought this. He could expand. Yeah, he could call it something, I suppose. Even if it is just a favor to the friend, there has to be some edge for him. But the Dallas Mavericks will move their training camp there? Maybe. I mean, it is in Texas, I suppose. Yeah, well, and their logo is a horsey. Would you name a city after yourself if you had the means to buy a town? Say someone said, Lindsay, I'm going to give you a town of 21 people. Would you rename it Lindsay, Texas? No. You wouldn't? No. See, Ashley's like, yes, I'm totally making it. She's like, I'm making it my name. No, because that's a little bit too on the nose for me. Like, if I bought a town, I would just kind of, like, leave it as it is. You sure? Yeah. Yeah. That would be really weird for me. I. I, 21, I, I 21 people. I like I like bragging people. about myself, but not that much. So, hear me out here. Okay. So, if it were Lindsay, Texas, first of all, not you would make Texas. you would make every uh, the 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 main drag would be thirty five Avenue, and then every uh, home and business would all have thirty five at the end of it. So it'd be like this would be thirty five. This would be one thirty five, twelve thirty five. It's getting incredibly confusing for the postal service, but I guess what else is new? Well, you know, it's a town of twenty one. Well, still, you want to make people's <laughs> lives easier. Which thirty five? How do you know? Just saying, there'd be thirty five. There'd be one thirty five, two thirty five. No, you're not buying it. Well, I'm just. Wouldn't, wouldn't be, I don't know be, if that's would be, be my town. I don't know if I would make everything about me. I just no. I would I would probably just leave it as is. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. It just it seems kind of weird to me the concept of buying a town. It just seems like something you shouldn't be allowed to do. But what does it hurt? I don't know. I do, only <laughs> if you don't help. If there's I, something going on. Yeah. Who knows? He just said a buddy needed to sell the town. That's why Cuban bought it. Uh, some friend of his needed to sell the dealer. <laughs> There's brokers for everything these days. Is, is there headquarters in the country? Do they have that deal worked out as well? Official fleet of vehicles? Like it's all right there, Mark. Sign it up. Send me four million dollars. I'll give you a little bit more than a strip of land in a club. Football four is on the way. Playmakers rolls on for your Friday. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.